Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. On this episode, we're going to get an update on the goings-on under the dome at the Arkansas State Capitol. And the Arkansas General Assembly convenes in odd-numbered years to consider substantive legislation. And 2021 is one of those years. In even-numbered years, the legislature convenes for a fiscal session to consider budget bills. Now, this year's session was a unique one because it was conducted in the middle of the COVID-19 public health emergency. So there was a lot of energy devoted to that topic, but it also occurred at the time when population estimates from the Census Bureau were expected but delayed. And those population estimates are required so that the General Assembly can do its constitutional obligation to redraw congressional districts based on population changes. Needless to say, the combination of those two topics proved to create quite the cauldron for some heated debates. And here to give us an update is Michelle Kitchens, Director of Government and Community Affairs at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. Prior to her current role, she was in governmental affairs at Arkansas Farm Bureau. So she knows where the hidden stairways are at the the state capitol. She's a graduate of Harding University and hails from Umpire, Anybody know where that is? It's in Howard County, Arkansas. Uh, Welcome to the show, Michelle, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, so before we get to the serious stuff, number one, I have to hear about umpire. (laughs) So, umpire, so much to say. Uh, Umpire is a small farming community north end of Howard County. My family still lives there. my uncle says there's a statue of him in the middle of town, but there is no town. There is no statue. So when he says that, don't believe him. Uh, but no, it's a it's a cool place to grow up. It's a different place to grow up. Yeah, I graduated yeah. with six people. Oh, wow. Um, and I played basketball and showed livestock. And so they, they, could, they could field a basketball. They had yeah, five. They had five yeah. Right? Yeah. And I played on a team with six one year. That that's some tough basketball, uh, but yeah, it it was a fun place to grow up. It's you know still very small, and I have fond memories. It is named for baseball, okay. so there's a town legend. They had a baseball game, and they had a great time. And so they decided to name it Umpire in honor of the baseball game. (laughs) At least the umpire didn't screw up. Right, right. (laughs) They have fond memories of the umpire. umpire. (laughs) Uh, All right. Now, second, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not working. So, yeah, I have a big family. My dad has three brothers. My mom has five siblings. I have lots of cousins, so I spend lots of time with my family. I have two nephews. Um, lots of nieces or cousins that are like nieces and nephews, so I like to hang out with them. Uh, I like to read. I volunteer some with my church and other organizations here in town. I like to garden. I don't kill most of the plants, so I think I'm a success. Um and that's the measure of success. That I didn't is, kill it. Yeah. Right. The, really, a true gardener, you know, like they're okay that some things die. 
just more things live than not die. Uh, and I'm a cat owner and recently a donkey owner. Mm. So exciting. <laughs> donkey owner. Yeah. All right, you got you got to tell me more. Yeah. So my parents and I adopted some donkeys from the Bureau of Land Management. We went to Oklahoma. We got these donkeys. They're at my parents' house right now. They're super cute. <laughs> so uh, we, my family uses them for livestock guardians, and my dad always likes to like tinker with you know animals and stuff. So we have seven new donkeys. Oh gosh! Yeah. Goodness. All right. So I asked this of all of our wonky guests. What would you say is your theme song? So my pump me up song, which is the one I'm gonna I'm gonna say, <laughs> is Lizzo's "Like a Girl." It's just so fun. It's loud and it's so female power yeah. kind of thing. So I dig Lizzo. She's she's fun. Yeah. So that's my pump me up song when I need I, a lift. You know, I, I haven't really, I don't know much about her music, but I do. I think it's fantastic that she was a flutist. Yeah, like, it's cool. Like that's that's just wild. Yeah. Okay, so um, so I mentioned a little bit about the unique nature of the session, but. I know there's a lot more. So did you find it unique? And, and if so, why? So this session, unique in tone, in content, in procedure, r- just really different. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it was going to, going to be a little different anyway mm-hmm. uh, because the governor is at the end of his service. Um, you have a legislature that is more mature than they were, so more powerful than they were. So I think it was going to be a little different anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you put COVID (laughs) on top of it, and it just created a tension, a tension between the branches, a tension between the members. Uh, And then, as you mentioned earlier, redistricting is out there, too. Uh, A lot of members thinking about different offices Mm -hmm. that they want to run for. And so um, it, it just made a different tone. And a lot of the things that I think made this session joyful in a normal year. Um, yeah. Like the kids in the lobby and the 4-H'ers right. and the champion basketball teams and all those cool things were not there. Yeah. It's a really quiet capital. So I, I would say nothing like it in my memory. And I asked lots of other professionals and they said, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, so obviously the pandemic was a major focus. Um what were some of the things that legislators went into the session wanting to address as it relates to COVID? So right off the bat, uh, you saw some bills about the public health emergency. And I think it was a law that they really hadn't considered or thought about it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, we've never used that law in the way that we've used it in the last 24 months. Right. So they filed bills to make some adjustments there to give the legislature more input into how those things are done. Uh, you saw representative, I think it was representative Mayberry uh, had a bill about no patient left alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you listen to some of that testimony really impactful. You realize how hard it was on people not to be able to be with their loved ones. That was the first bill. In fact, that I, that I think was COVID related that they passed in the session. Yeah. Uh, then they tackled that public health emergency. 
And then you started to see things about masking, about the vaccines, and what they ended up with when they re- before they recessed was some stuff that prohibited the state from being able to do those things. Yeah. Um, and then the vaccine passport, the state can't require a vaccine passport. Those were probably the biggest COVID things in the session before the recess. Yeah. And, and I, I really found it, it, it interesting that <clears throat> throughout the session, you know, they started with, with kind of the public health emergency issues. And then there were um, other emerging issues that either, you know, with the, with the no patient left alone and, and, and families wanting to be with their, with their other family members in a hospital, or, or it was an issue that they saw in another state that, you know, was even just a slight potential and it made its way into Arkansas and, and into, into a bill. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I really found that to, to be interesting because it's a fairly short, we have a fairly short legislative session compared to some other states. I mean, some of them are in session constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for it to evolve so quickly, I, I thought it was interesting because you don't normally have that happen where you see legislation pop up in another state and all of a sudden it's, it's here in Arkansas. Um, because the, and I, and, you know, of course it was because everything was so acute at the time. Um, when they were in session, so. Right. And I think as a state, all general assemblies do this. They borrow from each other. Mm -hmm. So you see that pretty frequently that they take legislation that's been adopted in previous years um, and bring it into our general assembly and vice versa. Um, But you're right. Like, (laughs) this is all happening at the same time. Normally they have some time to say, all right, well, this has been passed over here. Well, how's it working? Right. And and that was not the case this year. <laughs> no, and and people and and you're right about that. Our legislature uh, kind of sprinters, or at least it seems like that when you're in the session, is they have a relatively short period of time to get things done, and um, they can't call themselves back into session. So they really mm-hmm. felt a lot of pressure to make adjustments while they were here. So COVID was, of course, a focus. But what were uh, some of the other important health-related bills that uh, made it through the session? So the biggest, the biggest one, and it's been the biggest piece of legislation for a long time, is establishing some uh, guidelines to reauthorize the private option, aka Arkansas Works, now our home. Um, the it's, Medicaid expansion. The Medicaid sense, expansion, yeah. yes. It, and it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing they did. Uh, I can point to that. It was um, it was really impactful, obviously not just for the budget, but for the lives that it mm-hmm. that impacts daily because yeah. those people are covered. That's the biggest one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, and it's, you know, the lives, it's more than 300,000 now uh, who are covered through that program. And, and it's it's in its eighth year. Um, and so we haven't, I, I don't guess we've, we really know from uh, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, I'm sure it will be approved, but uh, the the waiver is uh, pending before the federal agency, and I'm sure we'll hear soon, but it'll be authorized for another five years, which is huge. Um, so, you know, having been around and you were around too when it was first passed, I, I never thought we would have a waiver program in year 13 or much less, you know, even year four. 
Um, so uh, it's it's not just uh, survived; it's it's thrived. It is interesting because you still have states that haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I recently was looking at some of the things they've done in Kansas, and their new governor has advocated hard to extend Medicaid. And yeah. and so they haven't been able to get to that marker. And honestly, we're going to change governors. So the next time this comes up, we'll have a new governor one yeah. way or the other. So um, after the long recess, uh, the General Assembly planned to come back into session for redistricting, but that got a little bit derailed, right? So it turned out to be quite a lot more than redistricting. Um, They have never done this exactly. Well, I say that they've never done this. They've never done this um, in modern times where they took this long recess. Yeah. Apparently they did it, I think, in the 70s or eight, early 80s. Um, but this is the first time they've done it in recent modern history where they've come in and they've done this long recess and they were going to come back for redistricting. And then they came back and had quite a procedural debate on if they could consider other things. Mm-hmm. And... And did consider other things, introduced several things related to vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, could private businesses require vaccines? Could uh, you ask your employees if they have been vaccinated? Uh, could we use rescue dollars to pay unemployment for the people that decided not to be vaccinated and were terminated? Mm-hmm. So we had multiple bills addressing those things. Ultimately, they did pass legislation that gives some alternatives if a business has a vaccine requirement. Mm -hmm. But as you know, all that will kind of have to be sorted out with the federal government Mm -hmm. as to if that bill can, how it'll mesh with with, what the federal requirements are. If it can mesh, yeah. If it can (laughs) mesh, exactly. And so... They couldn't pass the emergency clause, and so that bill won't take effect until 90 days after the session closed. So sometime, I can't remember if it's the end of this year or the early part of next year. So there's some time to kind of figure that out. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those things go together. The governor did not sign that bill, um, and ultimately the governor did not sign the redistricting bill either. Yeah. So you see some real tension between the executive branch and the legislative Which, branch. Which, just for, for listeners, that that man means that he didn't endorse the bill, but it nonetheless goes into effect right. without his signature. That is an important yeah. distinction. Um, so was there, was there anything that just flat out surprised you during the session? <laughs> the most surprising thing to me was how much misinformation I heard in testimony Mm -hmm. to the General Assembly. Uh, It was just, it was surprising. And and it was there over and over again uh, as it relates to COVID. Yeah. And normally, I mean, you have debates during the committee meetings and even on the floor uh, that, you know, while there may be some argument about how to interpret the evidence, at least there's an argument about evidence. And here, there there was not any evidence whatsoever. It was just complete uh, and, and utter misinformation. Yeah. And 
like I said, coming repeatedly. And I think most people that watched the General Assembly saw this. COVID touched maybe every committee up there. It's in the Education Committee. Mm -hmm. It's in the Health Committee, which is obvious. It's in the Ag Committee, even, Mm -hmm. in in relationship to some of the bills they were trying to pass about supply chain. And so you just see this uh, layer of that in almost every committee, and things pop up about it. And some of them just honestly not true so they they've adjourned and they've gone home um but they're gonna come back (laughs) right there's plans at least uh some idea that they'll come back for a special session right that is i think what's going to happen uh they wanted to do a tax cut and that's been you know something that they've been doing Honestly, I think almost every session that I've worked in government relations, there's been a tax cut passed in Mm -hmm. some form or the other. And so they wanted to do that. They weren't sure if they could because there was some language in, I think, the Rescue Act about don't use this to do tax cuts. They had to be clear they were going to be able to do that. Can't use the federal money to supplant money that you would otherwise get through tax revenue. Exactly. And they... Frankly, we're not sure if we were going to tip off into a recession, what a revenue is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so they, I think they were trying to be cautious. And so now they want to come back, do an income tax cut. Uh, there's some debate about what that looks like exactly. Uh, there's also quite a bit of debate about other things that could be introduced. Mm-hmm. And originally they had talked about coming in in late October and... October's over. Yeah. So the latest I've heard is no earlier than after Thanksgiving. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things going on that are un- still uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got a couple of final questions for you. You've seen a lot at the Capitol. What is the most beneficial bill that has been passed in, in your time over there? So we're back to... My answer about the other health bill, it, I think yeah. it is Medicaid expansion. It made a huge impact on people, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see that uh, in people's lives, hopefully in the overall health of the state. It made a huge impact on the budget. Mm-hmm. I And a lot of states could not get it done when Arkansas got it done. Yeah. And so I think that's the answer in my time. Yeah. At least. Yeah. All right. So last one. I've said beneficial, but what's the what's the funniest thing that you've seen happen at the Capitol? So I've seen a lot of funny things at the Capitol. <laughs> the Capitol has a lot of people have slipped down the steps. Fall, at the I have fallen down the steps. <laughs> I've fallen down the steps. I landed right on my bottom. Oh. It was embarrassing. Um I will say the Capital, there's a little Vegas in the Capitol. Some things you see there stay there. Uh, but I will say one of the funny things that I remember, uh, I was in the education committee one day, and this lady came in to testify. They had a bill that was essentially about uh, pay for degrees 
for online universities. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would go on, you pay pay for this degree, you wouldn't do any coursework, and they would issue it, you a diploma. Mm. You'd be a master of you know this or a doctorate of this yeah. from XYZ University. And so they were trying to, and I don't even remember if the bill passed. I'm pretty sure it did. But they were trying to rein some of that in. Mm-hmm. And this lady came in and she testified in support of the bill. And she had bought a doctorate degree for her bulldog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the bulldog's name was like Beauregard, Wingo, Fuzzy Britches or something like that. And his name was on the, oh, diploma. the diploma. And she was saying, look, anybody can do this. It's a problem. Oh my gosh. And so it was just funny. She was very light and engaging, but it made an impression. It was great testimony. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, like the the bulldog had like a tweed jacket yeah, and little glasses and stuff. He was full on <laughs> professor. So, yeah, that was one of the funnier ones. And uh, I know this year, you and I talked about this earlier, uh-huh. uh, this year, uh, my former employee, the Farm Bureau, they were working on an animal husbandry bill and got Senator Letting to do some research. And he did a really impassioned uh, presentation of that bill. And the senators <laughs> got a kick out of it. And it was a moment of levity that was needed, it for was sure. Very much needed. It was yeah. fun. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. I've, it's been great to have you on the show, and it's been great to hear about. Uh, an update on the legislature. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, Thanks for listening.